Today we look at running backs, what went right, what went wrong. But I'll tell you this, soon Deshaun Watson will be gone. You're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by, of course, me, myself, and I. I am the sponsor of this show. (laughs) Nobody's giving me any fucking money for this shit. (laughs) Mm, That's a good cup of joe. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13. And for the time being, over on Facebook, Dennis M. Roy. You can hit me up on Messenger over there where you can get all of my unique uh, spreadsheets and articles. Uh, How is everybody doing today? It is Thursday, the 28th of January. Uh, We're getting close to the start of Super Bowl week. That's not until Monday. That is not until Monday. Uh, news and notes, the biggest you know story of the day, of course, continues to be Deshaun Watson uh, formally requested the trade out of Houston, uh, which is too bad, so sad. But uh, I think I'm going to go to the NFL shop and see if I can get a cheap jersey. I'm telling you, I love Deshaun Watson. I want a jersey. Um, <laughs> so, so stupid. Uh, so... <laughs> Houston said it was going to, you know, get together with Deshaun Watson. They were going to talk about everything and all that. And then Houston decided to sign uh, uh, David Culley <laughs> of uh, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, who is David Culley? Um, I'm going to tell you here. Um, <laughs> he was the assistant head coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, <clears throat> he was also the... Wow, what is... what? A, Oh, I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't even know if that came through, but um uh, uh he he basically took care of the uh wide receivers. He was the assistant head coach, passing coordinator, and wide receivers coach the past two years. Um apparently they thought because he's black that that was gonna get uh uh, Deshaun Watson to stay. That's kind of what this is. Um, I mean, it's nice to see a, a, another, you know, black head coach, you know, minority head coach in there. But um, I would have thought that 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 coach would have been Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator out of Kansas City. At this point, if you were sitting here this long dealing with this issue. You might as well wait until after the Super Bowl and just fucking hire Eric Bieniemy because that's who your quarterback wanted. So in reality, what this tells me is that they already knew that he was going to be gone. That is Deshaun Watson. Uh, 
uh, so why bother? Does that make sense? Like, why bother? Why bother even messing around with it? He's going to be gone anyways. We're not going to be able to make him happy. We don't want Eric Bianami for whatever reason. The guy deserved it. No matter the whole uh, Andy Reid coaching tree that's come out of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, <clears throat> you know, you, uh, 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 two head coaches, you know, that really, well, Doug Peterson for Philadelphia kind of worked out because they got a Super Bowl. Uh, as lucky as probably what it was. Um, and I, I don't even want to talk about the guy down in Chicago because he just irritates the shit out of me. Um, but I mean, they really, you know, if you look at the whole, the whole, uh, length of their, uh, their time in their cities and their co in their head coaching careers. I mean, it just is terrible, terrible decision makings, uh, everything. So, I mean, I kind of get it from that point, but you got to treat each person as their own person. And, you know, Eric Bianami the whole time, you know, getting a little bit more uh, creative control over the offense and stuff, you know, based off the Andy Reid's offense. Um, he's earned it. He's fucking earned it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they, I, I just don't know. It's so stupid. And Bianami is not even going to get a fucking job now. The guy who probably deserved it the most out of all the head coaching hires. You know, Solid Solid deserved it, but unfortunately he went to the New York Jets. Um, I like Arthur Smith, um, but I mean, you're talking about a two-year offensive coordinator. So, yeah, I don't know. To be completely honest with you, the way that the NFL is going, Eric Bieniemy is probably the best head coaching prospect. If you're looking at an offensive-minded coach, to be completely honest. I mean, Dan Campbell, you're going to eat my knees? you going to take out my knees? What? What? You cannibalistic son of a bitch. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Fuck this. Fuck it. Eric Bianami deserves to be a head coach. He'll get it next year. Definitely. So, it is what it is. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different, I think, um, with how we're doing the running backs. And then the next podcast, of course, will be the wide receivers. And we'll do it the same way. Uh, we'll... We'll go down the um shrink this down here a little bit. Um we'll go down the actual list from NFL.com as far as the scoring leaders at the position and then see where they uh where I had them in terms of my uh cheat sheet. So um, and we'll, you know, I'll read off the NFFC numbers. We'll see if it was too high, too low, basically. Um, and just kind of run it from there. Does that sound good? All right, let's go. Uh, number one running back this season was Alvin Kamara. 
uh, 377.8 points on the season, 932 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns on the ground, 83 receptions for 756 yards, and five receiving touchdowns. Uh, he was the top of my tier three. We were still dealing with his whole back issue, um, so I dropped him down a little bit. Um, but I, we had talked about it, kind of, you know, you outside of Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, you were pretty much one, two. Uh, in this year's draft, you can make the argument for uh, any number of running backs that could have been your uh, anywhere from, you know, three and down. Uh, you could even make the argument that they could be your number two uh, if you were trying to stay away from Saquon Barkley due to injury concerns. Um, now we had Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley both go down. Uh, this season and relatively early, so I'm not even going to bother looking up their stats. You know, that's automatic fail because of the injury, but, um, you know, there were cases to be made that Alvin Kamara could be, you know, number one or number two. It was just whether or not uh, the cost might have been a little bit too high on him. I'm kind of surprised they actually didn't put their carries in here, but... um, Alvin Kamara, for the most part, uh, wasn't wasn't falling below six. Now, did have a draft right during that time with the whole injury concern, you know, the the contract and all that, and he dropped actually down to about tenth. Uh, so, you know, drafting even a week later after that, I was kind of hoping uh, drafting out of like the eleventh spot um, that. He would have still kind of dropped down there. People have concerns uh, that he was going to be able to make it through the whole season because it was it was going to be too far of a drop. We talked about it. He shouldn't drop below six. If he drops below six, you automatically you have to take him. It doesn't matter what's fucking sitting there. You had to take Alvin Kamara. Number two at running back is Dalvin Cook, uh, three hundred thirty-seven point eight points. 1,557 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns, 44 receptions for a 361 and one touchdown. Uh, would have thought that he would have actually had a little, little bit more in the receiving department uh, get utilized in there. I was kind of looking more at like 60 receptions in there, but you know he comes in at number two. He was one of the top. He was one of the top five. God bless America. He came through. Uh, did have some injury, you know, ding ups. You know, missed a couple of games, which kind of hurt, but. Um, very good season overall. So you can't really argue with that. Number three was Derrick Henry. We did talk about this, um, that he quite possibly could go for the 2000 yard season, finished the year 333.1 points. Not bad for a guy that really doesn't catch a lot of passes, right? So rushing wise, 2,027 yards, 17 touchdowns, 19 receptions for 114 yards. Did not get a receiving touchdown this season. Um, he was a tier three running back. He was seventh overall in the NFFC, or uh, seventh running back, uh, eighth overall in the NFFC. Uh, that was about right in there. If he dropped anywhere below that, uh, you were getting fantastic value. Coming in at number four, and this is actually really a surprise. This is the first time, pardon me, that I've heard anybody talk about or actually seen this uh, was David Montgomery. Of the Chicago Bears, 264.8 points, 1,070 yards rushing, 8 touchdowns, 54 receptions 
for 438 yards and two touchdowns. He was about a third, he was about a fourth round pick. Um, I'm going to have to find him. I actually had him way down. I was not really high on him. I did not trust this offensive line at all. Um, there was a lot of people that did, <clears throat> um, but I was not one of them. NFFC had him at RB 25, uh, 53 was the over under. So early fifth round pick, <coughs> pardon me, uh, <laughs> hell of a value came through at the end. Uh, you weren't getting a lot of those points earlier in the season that, that, that came later half of the year. So once I got Mitch Trubisky in there, kind of discovered that he was better off with the quarterback under center uh, rather than Nick Foles in the shotgun. Uh, They got everything kind of straightened out, and that's when Montgomery started to cruise. Also did not have to deal with any Tariq Cohen, uh, who got injured uh, very early in the year. Number five is Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers, 258.9 points, 1,140 yards rushing, nine touchdowns, 47 receptions, 355 through the air and two touchdowns there. Uh, he was a tier. Oh, you know, uh, David Montgomery was tier five, tier three. Aaron Jones was right in the middle. Uh, NFSC had him as RB 13. Um, overall at 16, I had him higher. I had him as an RB eight. So, guess who was closer? <laughs> uh, still, it was a, it was quite a risky proposition at the towards the end of the first um, round. Uh, the only share that I oh no, I had two shares, uh, one in my eight man league, and then uh, I had a draft earlier in the year where I was able to grab Aaron Jones at the end of the second round. Uh, so I had gotten fantastic value in there. So very. Uh, happy with that share. Um, but Aaron Jones came through. He's going to be a free agent. We're going to see what's going on. Apparently, Packers did offer him a, a very high-end contract, something around uh, Dalvin Cook. That's the rumor that he was offered a deal right around what Dalvin Cook got, but he wants more. Uh, so we'll wait and see what he what happens in free agency. RB6 is going to be one rookie. Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts, 252.8 points, 1,169 yards on the ground, 11 touchdowns, 36 receptions for 299 and a touch. I would expect those receptions to actually go up uh, next season. Jonathan Taylor was RB16 in the NFFC, 29th pick overall. So he was uh, right around the middle of the third round. Um, I said if you really wanted if you really wanted to get that second or even third running back um, and you were drafting it you know let's say you were a you know number one number two type pick uh, right around that second turn or the third turn my bad uh, or no it would be the second turn the two three turn uh, you were gonna have to draft you were gonna have to grab Jonathan Taylor there Um uh, Mr. Paul Burkles did take that, did take that advice. He did do that. That's in the league that he won his own league. You know, the one that took him 15 years to fucking win, uh, finally. So you're goddamn welcome. Uh, number seven, RB seven is, whoa, 
undrafted rookie James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars, 250.4 points, 1,070 yards rushing, seven touchdowns, 49 receptions for a 344 and three through the air. Um, I wonder if he ended up in a tier of desperation. Uh, 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 uh. Yep, he was in a tier of desperation. Our NFFC had him at RB97. 355 overall so you know he's going to be undrafted in that slot so um there were some people that were taking some risk on that uh come about a week before uh so it would have been right after it would have been when this chart came out we started getting a little bit of news of james robinson instead of like um devin and zigbo and uh oh God, who's that kid? Oh, Chris Thompson. So, um, yeah. Uh, no, who was the other guy? Who was the guy that didn't even fucking play this year? Rykwal Armstead. So, unfortunately, you know, it didn't really kind of work out. Um, I didn't wasn't really on it. Uh, we've talked about James Robinson. We've talked about my concerns and stuff, especially for, like, say, if you're in a dynasty draft and you're able to pick him up, um, you may want to sell him earlier rather than later because they're going to they're gonna look for a replacement for him probably in about a year or two. Um, probably about two years. He should be good for a couple of years, but I do have some injury concerns with him. Uh, so just kind of keep an eye on it. Uh, if you're any keeper or dynasty leagues, RB eight was Josh Jacobs, 231.3 points on the season, 1,065 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns, 33 yards through the 33 receptions for 238. Josh Jacobs was RB 11, 13th overall pick. I did like him as an early second round pick in that in that spot. No, he's had the DUI, so we'll have to see what comes down from the NFL as far as the suspension. I would suspect that he would probably get a four, if not have it drop down to two-game suspension. We all know how this works. But uh, Josh Jacobs rubbing fantasy players the wrong way by by basically, you know, um, telling him, you know, it's another one. I don't give a shit about your fantasy teams. That's fine. (laughs) But even if you get frustrated at somebody... Who's being a dickhole online? You should probably keep that to yourself. <laughs> number nine is Zeke Elliott. He was the consensus number three pick overall. Uh, ended up with 223.7 points, 979 yards on the ground, six touchdowns, 52 receptions for 338 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. Uh, not a bad year, but not what you were expecting from your for you know your number three overall. But, uh, yeah, God, you should have been so much better. But once Dak, once Dak went out, I mean, even when Dak was in there, they were having issues. And then once he was out, it just continued to crumble, continued to crumble. So the fact that he ended up at an RB nine is actually quite a surprise, or it could just be telling us just how down of a year it really was this year. Uh, for the RB position and how important it was really to kind of make sure that we secured the right ones. 
RB10 and RB11 are teammates. Can you guess which ones? I'll give you a hint. They're from Cleveland. Okay, so who's the RB10 and who's the RB11? Well, if you guess Nick Chubb was the RB10, you are completely wrong. It was Kareem Hunt. 218.5 points, and Nick Chubb came in at 207.7. Imagine, that's what happens when you miss a couple of games. And he missed a couple of games. I mean, that's how much it took. Let's see how much it took Kareem. I can't remember how many games he was out. I know he was out at least probably, what, three? He was out four games. Four whole games, he got hurt. So, you know, in the one with six carries. So, basically almost five. And he still almost beat Kareem Hunt. That's how good Nick Chubb is. Okay? That's how special Nick Chubb is. That's why I'm so high on fucking Nick Chubb. Um, Kareem Hunt finished with 841 yards rushing, six touchdowns, 38 receptions for 304, and five touchdowns. Nicholas Chubb, 1,067 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns, 16 receptions for 150. So Kareem Hunt really made it back up with some of the receiving. But we did notice when Nick Chubb was out, Kareem Hunt really did not take advantage of him being out, his absence. And that's kind of startling. And that was something that I was kind of worried about, if, whether or not he was going to be able to take those reins. Uh, Nick Chubb was RB14, 18th overall, according to the NFFC. Uh, he should have definitely been a f- end of the first rounder. Uh, I was kind of stomping for that. So whether or not you trusted me or not on that, you know, it was completely up to you. I understood it. Kareem Hunt was RB24, 52nd pick overall. Uh, so he really outshined his value. Uh, but I would really, really be careful with that next year. Uh, I think they expand upon the offense a little bit more. Nick Chubb is going to definitely be the guy. He is the guy, okay? And he it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's his contract year next year. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, actually, we should talk about another guy that we're going to omit here, and that would be Joe Mixon, the RB9, 11th overall pick. Uh, he is obviously out uh, due to injury and being a big pussy. I'm just going to say it. RB12 was uh, Christian McCaffrey's backup, Mike Davis. Uh, surprisingly, so he ended up as an RB1. Not bad. Not bad for a replacement. Uh, 206.5 points on the season, 642 yards rushing, six uh, touchdowns, 59 receptions for 373 and two. So he ended up, uh, you know, 1,000 yards uh, overall uh, combined yardage, uh, which is good with eight touchdowns, but clearly not Christian McCaffrey. If Carolina has any chance to exceed or uh, continue have any continued success, uh, they're going to need to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. Now, Mike Davis would be a good fill-in, uh, change of pace type back for them. But Mike Davis can't handle the load like that. So definitely need to keep him healthy. One, we start with uh, the RB2s, the RB2 tier, right? 13 to 24. 
who's number 13. And you know I like the number 13. But at 202.2 points, rookie from the douche canoes, Antonio Gibson. 795 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns, 36 receptions for 247. So he ended up over 1,000. Uh, 1,000. That is, wow. That's amazing. Uh, where were, where did our rookie, where did I put our rookie? I know I wasn't that high on him, but... Uh, Antonio Gibson. Oh, shit. He, that's right. He was in the fucking wide receiver tier. Yeah, he, see, now, it's stupid because they had him in the wide receiver side for the NFSC, so he was wide receiver 51, um, 122 overall. We knew he was going to be the running back, but for whatever reason, they had him listed as wide receiver. Uh, He ended up in a tier, I'll kind of give you the tier of where he was at in here. So he was with T.Y. Hilton, uh, Michael Gallup, Will Fuller, uh, Stephon Diggs, Yeeks, this is tier six. <laughs> uh, Jarvis Landry um, and Julian Edelman. So he was sitting right in about, um, sitting in right about the wide receiver three group. Pretty, pretty solid in there. So that was going to be roughly about sixth, seventh round, somewhere there. If you were able to grab him, he got really hell of good value in there. Um, worked out very well. I still have some concerns about Antonio Gibson, especially with the uh, the lower leg injuries that he's sustained his rookie year. Uh, it's kind of like James uh, Robinson. I have some concerns about his durability and whether or not he's going to last. And, uh, you got to remember, he was not a full-time running back uh, when he came out for the draft. Um he was kind of that slash type guy, right? He was a running back, a wide receiver, played a little bit of quarterback. Um, so Antonio Gibson, I still have some reservations on, uh, but I do like him in this offense. I just don't think he's going to last very long. We, I did deal with a dynasty question, uh, trade question um, that concerned Antonio Gibson and possibly a couple of draft picks for Alvin Kamara. Uh, This person would have been getting Alvin Kamara. Um, And I said, you know, anybody who asks me a question, especially if you're doing, you know, Keeper Dynasty stuff like that, it's are you planning, the question will always come up, are you planning to win this year? Can you win this year if you make the deal? That's the first question that should come to your head before you ever ask any question like that. The answer was yes. And I said, then you pull the trade. And then what's the next question that gets asked? Are you not are you are you not worried that you might be losing the long term value of Antonio Gibson? Not if I'm trying to win this year. Uh, running backs are starting to turn into a dime a dozen. Um, so no matter you know, no matter what kind of league you're ever playing in, if you're playing redraft, if you're playing keeper, if you're playing dynasty, your goal should always be to win that year. 
So, like, say, rookie draft capital, um, draft picks. I'm not really that worried about giving them up. Now, unless, you know, my team consisted of Adrian Peterson, Phillip Rivers, um, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, you had a whole shitload of old guys. Um, then quite possibly I'd probably be hanging on to future returns uh, or future draft picks so you can get some younger returns on there. Um, but if your team's relatively, you know, mid-range age, uh, maybe you have a player that you're going to have to get rid of later um, or get rid of with this trade to get another guy, um, then I would absolutely pull it off. I will always, always go for the championship in my current year. And then I would always seriously recommend thinking about doing that. Now, if it's not possible in the year, you know, that you could not win it this year with Alvin Kamara, I might have held on to Antonio Gibson, maybe. Gotten another year out of it. But then you, but then you, you, you're going to have that same question year in and year out. So sometimes with these players, with like the rookies, um, maybe make a list of the guys that you'd be willing to trade them for, and that's at like kind of like all positions. Like, who would you be willing to trade for? Who? How far down, you know, your rookies, your second-year players, you know, guys that have that immediate, that longer-term value, who would you be willing to give up? And if you're willing to give them up, who is it for? And sometimes you might have to make that, you know, redo that list every year because the players change. Like you could go through the first four games of the of your season, right? Your first four weeks, and kind of make that determination, right? Because you have a little bit more data of um, what players are going off, um, how they're looking. In, maybe you you subscribe to uh, the strength of schedule charts that I make up based on you know based on the positions. You look at the chart and you can see if they're going to be stronger towards the end, if they got a t- or if they have a tougher schedule and they might fade back. So that's kind of one of the, that's kind of one of the things. There's a lot that kind of goes into it. Simple yes, simple yes and no. It's it's always going to be can I win this year, um, or am I looking for the next two to three years? So uh, that's kind of a little little taste of what always goes on inside my head uh, in case anybody was interested. But if you did skip ahead, this is where we go to the next guy. Um, So that would be at number 14, Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos. 198.4 points overall, 986 uh, total uh, total rushing yards. Of course, it's total fucking rushing yards. 986 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, 32 receptions for 158 and a touch. A little dragged back um, by the receptions. I would have thought he would have hit at least 40, somewhere between 40 to 50 in there. So I'm a little disappointed, but he wasn't really doing too much when he got got in it. But he did finish as an RB14 
NFFC had him as an RB21, uh, 35th overall. Where was Melvin Gordon on mine? Three, four, five, seven, eight, nine. He was my RB15. God damn, did I hit it right on the head. <laughs> Just about. Um, so, yeah, he had, a, he had a decent year. It wasn't anything great. I think, it, like I said, I think this was a really down year for the running back position. It was kind of really spread out. Uh, two running back attacks. That that was kind of the thing here. So your your running backs that are true workhorses, um, and that includes Derek Henry. They're they're very hot commod. They should be very hot commodities in the first round. Um, I wouldn't really wait around and dick around with it. So um, that still holds true. But we can still find the second the second standing. It, you know, the kind of a combination of running backs that'll work out uh, for our teams later in the draft as well. We just got to be kind of careful. RB15 is really a surprise uh, with 193.2 yards. That would be Jonathan Taylor's running mate, Naheem Hines. 380 yards rushing, three touchdowns. 63 receptions for 482 yards and four touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad considering Naheem Hines has gotta be a what? A tier six? No, we had Marlon Mack in there. Marlon Mack was the tier six, so that means that he was way down. You could get Naheem Hines for dirt cheap. Where the fuck is Naheem Hines? I hate this when I can't find him because it's buried. Oh, tier seven. End of tier seven. <laughs> I had him below Divina Zigbo. <laughs> RB52, uh, according to the NFFC, uh, 149 during draft season. So uh, Naheem Hines very much outdid his production. Uh, be careful with that next year because uh, he's going to go a lot higher once these numbers come out. Uh, a lot of people are going to make that mistake. A lot of analysts out there, the or quote-unquote experts, um, will push him up, uh, believing that this means that he's going to have that larger role in this offense uh, when it really is Jonathan Taylor's uh, offense to have now. Uh, Naheem Hines got a lot of these stats earlier in the season um, when they were – Still trying to figure out what how to properly uh, get Jonathan Taylor adjusted to the offense um, because he was having a little bit of a difficult time. So just be careful with that. Um, don't push him up your draft boards too much. RB16. <laughs> Here was one of the guys I told you was going to be a fucking landmine. Um RB16, Kenyon Drake, running back for Arizona, finished with 192.2 yards, or points, uh, my bad, <laughs> 900, he still ended up, he almost ended up at 1,000 yards rushing, which is very surprising, 955 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns, 25 receptions for 137 yards. Now, you may be saying, 
well, is he really that much of a landmine? He ended up at 16. Um, he was as high as an RB10, uh, 12th overall pick. So he was an end of the first round, uh, beginning of the second round type guy. I wanted to push him back. He shouldn't have been anything more than, say, uh, back end of, uh, of the round two, uh, maybe beginning of round three. I like Jonathan Taylor a lot more than I like Kenyon Drake, even though he was a rookie. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like that stock trading, right? So I'd rather buy Kenyon Drake down here versus up here, and I'd rather buy um, Jonathan Taylor's stock up here rather than wait and let it go here because I know I can't get it. So that's kind of how you kind of look at it and, you know, whether or not you believe it's good, it's good stock, like, you know, GameStop or something like that, which, by the way, I don't know what the fuck's going on with the stock market. Um, that's fucking, like, crazy bullshit. So, RB, we're going to go on here. RB17 was J.D. McKissick of the Douche Canoes. 191.4 points. 365 yards rushing and a touchdown. 80 receptions for 589 yards and two touchdowns. So almost, you know, all of his point, you know, like half of his points was all in fucking uh, receiving. Um, just in the receptions alone, he had, you know, full point PBR. It's an 80 points. So the other 111 just came off a yardage and the three touchdowns. It's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. RB18, it was uh, rookie DeAndre Swift for Detroit. Uh, he was lucky to get up there. Uh, 189.8 points, 521 yards rushing, eight touchdowns, 46 receptions for 357 and two touchdowns. So did not hit the 1,000-yard uh, combined. Combined in here, he was a Tier 5 he was right underneath David Montgomery, RB29, 58th pick overall. Uh, took a while to get him, if, hopefully if he held on to him. Um, otherwise, you know, a lot of people were dropping him. Um, I was willing to pick him up on the cheap, you know, especially for a waiver wire, just throw in the bid and get him. Uh, wait and see. I was really hurting at running back though this year. Most of mine got hurt. So... That is what it is. Uh, Chris Carson comes in at RB19, 187.8, 681 yards rushing, five touchdowns, 37 uh, receive, uh, receptions for 287 and four touchdowns. Really down year for him, but uh, the fact that he still ended up as an RB2 is kind of nothing short of amazing. He was projected by the NFFC as RB17, 31 overall. So, he, you know, he was roughly right in there uh not too bad i think we're gonna go through the top 25 and we're gonna stop there and then see if there's any other guys that we like here okay so uh rb20 was ronald jones of tampa bay 186.3 points on the year very up and down very volatile uh play here uh, 978 yards rushing seven touchdowns 28 receptions for 165 and a touch uh, let's see here. Ronald, Ronald, Robble, Robble. He was a tier five. 
He was listed uh, by the NFSC as an RB28, 57th pick overall. I still think that was probably the correct place for him. Uh, he was dropping in certain drafts. I think I got a I got a share of him like the seventh or eighth round, and I was willing to take kind of the risk on it. Uh, most of that was before Leonard Fournette got uh, dropped and then picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But and that's another one too. Man, that sucks with the Leonard Fournette thing. That just did not work out, and then he he comes to play in the fucking playoffs, which is just fucking garbage. RB21, David Johnson. Hey, was hurt for, you know, part of the year. 179.5 points, 691 yards rushing, six touchdowns, 33 receptions for 314 and two. Where was David Johnson? Oh, he was projected as an RB22, uh, 40th overall. Wonder what I had him at though. That's funny. I had him right on the other end. I had him as an RB twenty as RB twenty. <laughs> so we were right in line. Um I said he, he was gonna have a weaker schedule towards the end of the year. He took a little bit of advantage of that uh when he was not hurt, so uh ended up working out there. RB twenty two. Oh there oh, here's the controversial guy. Uh, with one seventy, with one hundred seventy six points, and that is rookie running back Clyde Edwards Alaire of the Kansas City Chiefs, eight hundred three yards rushing, four touchdowns, thirty six receptions for two ninety seven and one. We talked about this, so Clyde Edwards Alaire. Everybody wanted him in the first, you know, basically in the first round. They NFSC even had him as an RB six. Uh, seventh overall pick, and I said that it's way too high. It's way too high. He's a uh, he's a second round running back at the most. And I grab the one share that I grabbed. Um, I grabbed him fourteenth uh, overall. So that was about the highest I was willing to sp- pardon me spend on him uh, in that position. And it didn't really work out. He didn't really get the touchdowns. So that's kind of the problem in there. Um, it's not like he didn't have the opportunities with it. We're going to have to watch, wait and see and watch on his uh, short yardage game. Hopefully he gets an offseason and he kind of work on it because he, they'd use him at the goal line and he, he just couldn't move. He couldn't move a pile at all. So I don't know what the deal is there, if it was lack of offseason or if it was just plain simple. He just won't be able to get it done on that. So uh, for the Chiefs' sake, they better hope he can get it done. RB23 is Miles Sanders, 170.4 points. This is a really disappointing year. Uh, 867 yards rushing, six touchdowns, 28 receptions for 197. There's no no reason that Miles Sanders should have only had 28 receptions. And that really hurt his stock. I liked him in the first round still. Uh, RB8, uh, ninth overall, according to the NFFC. Really disappointing. Disappointing as I'll get out. Um, that one burned me on a, on, on a, one of my lineups or one of my, uh, teams, I should say. So, sucks. Hey, we got to see what's going to happen in Philly. Uh, see what, you know, the new offensive coordinator, 
you know, he worked with Austin Eckler, kind of got him involved in there. Um, but we still we need to get the we need to have that offensive line straightened out. Uh, unless that offensive line is straightened out, I'm probably going to put Miles Sanders no better than you know late second rounder, probably early third, kind of where we had Jonathan Taylor. Um, that would pretty much be about his best position for me. Uh, last of the RB twos was at number twenty four is J.K. Dobbins, one hundred sixty eight point five. Uh, came on late in the year, uh, went on a touchdown tear, 805 yards rushing, nine touchdowns, 18 receptions for 120 yards. So he's not going to be, looks like J.K. is not going to be utilized very much in the run in the uh, passing attack, uh, which is unfortunate. And even if you look at uh, Gus Edwards, who you would have thought that would have been the guy that uh, benefited then in, that, in, in his absence, uh, he really didn't. He, they ended up really close to the same reception total. So uh, J.K. Dobbins was the end of Tier 5. Uh, NFFC ranking was 31 for the running back, 67 overall. Uh, it was about right. You didn't need to really pay that much more on there, especially with the 300 monster. You were going to have to wait to see what happened between Ingram, Edwards, and Dobbins. Uh, last guy that I'm going to go over here. Uh, through the NFL scoring leaders is actually Chase Edmonds at 25 of the Arizona Cardinals. 168 uh, points on the season, 448 yards rushing, one touchdown, 53 receptions for 402 and four touchdowns. They really preferred uh, Chase Edmonds in the passing attack. Um, so we're going to have to remain kind of vigil on that and make sure that we pay attention to what happens. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kenyon Drake is a uh, free agent this year. I'll have to double-check that. I'm not going to do it now. I'll do it when we go through the depth charts and all that. Um, so, really, uh, that's pretty damn good. Uh, so, let's see. Let's see if there's anybody missing in here that we need to talk about. Uh, top of Tier 4 was Austin Eckler at... He was, you know, the RB12, 14 overall, uh, right next to Drake. I dropped them both. I said, you know, back end of the second round at the very most. Uh, got hurt uh, for about half the year, so he failed. Uh, James Conner, ugh, we're done with him. RB15, 26 overall in the preseason. Uh, I did drop him. He was right about with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I was starting not to kind of feel it. It was, I don't know. There's just something wrong. There's just something off between him and Pittsburgh. He won't be in Pittsburgh. He's a free agent this year, so he won't be back there. Uh, Of course, you know, Leonard Fournette uh, didn't do anything until, you know, well, he had like one game where he went off, but that was at the end of the game. So he was an RB20, uh, 34th overall. Uh, in the preseason, just didn't really work out. Mark Ingram, fail. Uh, Todd Gurley. Actually, I'm curious to see where Todd Gurley ended up because Todd Gurley was um, he was killing it for a while. And then, but that, I mean, you know, most of it was because of the touchdowns that he was getting. Um, where did he end up? Hello, Todd Gurley, where are you? 
No, like, seriously, where the hell is Todd Gurley? Where is he? Oh, RB29. 163.2 points. Hey, I had nine touchdowns on the season. He finished uh, actually behind Miles Gaskin of the Dolphins, who was at RB28 at 164.2. Gio Bernard actually did really, really well. He actually finished as an RB30. Filling in for Mixon. So that wasn't too bad. Uh, Jeff Wilson did well. Didn't play the full year. Still had 600 yards rushing. <laughs> and seven touchdowns. He had 10 total touchdowns on a year. On freaking real. All right, let's see here. Top of tier five, Le'Veon Bell. We knew that was going to suck. Um, after drop the Jets, drop from the Jets, and then you signed with KC. There was just nothing there. Uh, Cam Akers, uh, we actually talked about on the rookie one. Uh, he's going to be a high end uh, RB for next year. Raheem Mostert, we're going to wait and see what's going on. There's a bunch of shifting. Uh, happening with the San Francisco backfield. Jeff Wilson actually got an extension. Um, so he'll be back next year, and he actually got paid, I think it was like three, three and a half million, something like that. Devin Singletary, no, no. We're staying away next year. Zach Moss, maybe. Uh, Tariq Cohen, nope. Uh, James White, nope. Marlon Mack, nope. Jordan Howard, nope. Matt Breida, nope. Alexander Madison, yes, handcuff. Tevin Coleman, nope. Damian Harris, yes. I like Damian Harris. He still got he still got hurt, which really pissed me off. But uh, Sonny Michelle actually looked really good in his stead, so not too shabby there. Uh, Gio Bernard, we said that if you had Joe Mixon, you needed to have Gio Bernard uh, to have it really work out. If you had him, great. If you couldn't get him, it sucks. Same thing with Tony Pollard when... Um, Zeke missed that one week. You needed to have, you really would have wanted to have Tony Pollard in there. So, look at this. Adrian Peterson didn't even have a team when I put this one out. How terrible is that? <laughs> but I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna finish up with the running backs. We'll uh, start wide receivers with the next podcast here. And have it finished up for the week. Um, and then, you know, next week we're going to start moving on to the Super Bowl. So hopefully you guys are getting excited. Uh, it'll be a showdown slate uh, look ahead for the uh, Super Bowl. We'll try not to drag it out as much as humanly possible. We'll have some fun. So until next time, y'all take it easy. <laughs>